I came across the story here uh, a little while ago on the news. And it was uh, a guy that likes adventure and he was not new to it at all. In fact, he always would go out on the trails in LA. Yes, we do have some mountains and we do have some trails in LA. And this guy was an avid hiker and he would just go walking in the mountains of LA. And one day he got off path a little bit and he tried to find his way back and he got lost. And the more he tried to get back to where he wanted to go, the more lost he became. And next thing he knew, it was starting to get cold. He was wearing just kind of shorts, shorts, uh, uh, shorts on short sleeves. And he's just hiking. He has a, it's almost like a, a scary movie, right? He pulls out his cell phone and he's got one bar left and it's starting to kind of click down. And he's, he's trying to make a call, but it would go out. And, you know, he goes to the very top as, as high as he can go. And all of a sudden, his percentages of his phone starting to go down. And it's got, you know, 8%, 7%. And he's trying to go and he takes a picture as he's sitting there on the edge of this cliff. And it's the shot is mostly of his legs and a couple of mountains and that's it. And he takes this picture and he, he sends it and he says to his friend, help, I'm lost. And then his battery dies. That's it. He doesn't know if the message got through at all. His friend now receives it, who's in L.A., and he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Guy's GPS wasn't on. There was no way to find his friend. So he sends it out to the sheriff. Hey, sheriff, search and rescue. Help. And the sheriffs look at it, and all they see is just these dirty legs, uh, you know, from all just getting cut up, walking through this forest, in a couple of little mountain, mountain ranges, and that's it. That's all they have to go by. The sheriffs are like, what are we supposed to do this? We don't, it's the mountains. It's, it's big and it's vast and there's nothing we can do about it. So they send out a little APB and they put it out on uh, social media and, and, and trying to say, hey, does anybody know where this mountain range might be? And people are like, we, ha we have no idea. Meanwhile, this guy who's lost out there, he doesn't even know if it got through. Well, then... This one guy receives it who's also a little avid hiker, but he doesn't really hike in those mountains. But he has another weird job. It's, in fact, a hobby. And I'm not like a computer guy. I don't fully understand what he does. But he takes his little computer and he watches movies and he freeze frames movies, I think. And he puts it on his computer and he does this little... It's nerd talk. I don't know what that is, right, that he's doing. Here's something, obviously, that he's doing as he's pulling things on and off the computer. Again, don't know. But he has this little hobby that that's what he does. And his thing is, look, he pulls movie clips, freezes them, and then he looks and he types. And he actually figures out through different maps and GPS systems and everything where they film the movie. That's his hobby. That's what he does for fun. Sounds awesome, right? <laughs> Then you can visit that area if you want to, sure. Here's what's interesting. He gets that text from the, the sheriff saying, hey, this guy's lost, somebody help him. And he's like, huh, maybe my little hobby can help. So sure enough, he's like, I'll take it. So he takes it and puts it on his computer, does his little thing, right? And he's like, I know kind of where he's at. And this, I, I don't know, this is my best shot. He gives it to the sheriff. The sheriff takes it. They go, helicopter out, it's now the next day. They find this guy within like a mile of where this guy thought he would be at. 
This guy who was lost, he comes home, he kisses the ground, and they're like, I can't believe it. And then the man, you know, the computer guy who actually found him, they're like, what do you think? You rescued him. What do you think? Tell us how you're feeling. And he says this. You ready? It's very gratifying that he was saved. If you have information that could help save somebody, that's worth sharing. If you have information that could help save someone, that is worth sharing. Friends, Christ followers in this place, we have something worth sharing. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, you were dead in your trespasses and sin in, once you want, in which you once walked. We lived these old lives, not fearing God, but choosing ourselves, living for us. I don't care if you're 8 years old or 70. At some moment in time, you said, God, I want to live for you, no longer for me. I need to trust you. I want to believe upon you and your son and what you did for me. I want to switch my life to not following me and my desires, but to switch my life and follow your desires. And it says, you were once dead in your trespasses and sin and what you once walked, gratifying your selfish desires. By nature, we were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And then verse 4 is one of my favorite verses. It says this, But God, you were once dead and you were once separated and there was nothing you can do about it. But God, being rich, sorry, I lost my, being rich in mercy because of his great love and what he had for us. When we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you have been saved and raised up. Friends, that is good news. We were once dead. We were once not just kind of dead. We were dead, dead. Right? There was, we didn't just need you know, a, a lifesaver thrown at us. I mean, we were drowned and we, we needed life breathed into us. And God through His Son Christ, comes and lives and dies and pays that price. He makes us alive, not just for one day of heaven, but makes us alive today. That is news worth sharing. And as we talk about spiritual disciplines, can I encourage us with a few? May we savor the gospel, may we show the gospel, and may we share the gospel. May we savor it really quick. When we think savoring, right? I just put one of those lemon heads in my mouth, right? It's, it, I kind of savor it a little. It reminds me of my childhood a little, right? But, you know, it's, it's sweet, and it just causes this weird little, you know, pain in my jaws, but I'm kind of savoring this thing or, or really good food that I just savor and I want to hold on to. Do we think of the gospel that same way? Or is the gospel message for some of us a message we once heard, gave our life to the Lord, and then we've forgotten it? It doesn't affect our day-to-day. And you think, man, I've actually got a pretty good job. I've got a pretty good home. I've got a pretty good family. Or i got a pretty good dad. I don't need Jesus anymore. We wouldn't say it. But maybe we live that way because we've forgotten the gospel that we were once dead, but we were made alive. Not just one time in salvation, but today we get to enjoy him. Are we savoring the gospel? Are we thinking about it? Are we refocusing our hearts daily saying, God, I need you. Allow my eyes to look not here to my work or to my school or to my sports, but put my eyes back up 
To you, Psalm 121 says this, I lift my eyes to the hills where my help comes from. And as we savor the gospel, as we think about it, friends, it refocuses our hearts daily. And maybe some of you in this place tonight, young, old, maybe need to put on a little Psalm 139 that says, search me, God, and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Search me, know me, and lead me as I savor and I hold on to the fact that I was dead and broken. But God, may we savor the gospel. May we show the gospel. How do we show the gospel? Well, it says here in John 13, a new command I've given you, love one another. What if we loved our families well? Young kids, what if you loved mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or sister or brother? What if you loved them actually really well? Not looking out to your own interests, but others' interests as well. And I think as a family, especially like me and my son, we've had this awesome time together. I love my boy. I love my boy always. It's a lot easier to love him up here because we're singing together. We're worshiping together. We're talking about the Lord together. We're sitting on a rock and reading God's word. It's hard when we get home and he starts choosing himself and I start choosing myself. But as I think about the gospel, as I savor the gospel, as I think about the fact that the Lord has changed my life, not just for eternity, but now I get to enjoy him, it should overflow in the way I love my son and he loves me. And we show just an amazing kind of love to everyone around us. It might be easy up here, but don't stop. Don't get distracted with petty little arguments that might come. Even, you know, in two days when we start driving down the hill again. Which that will happen. Little arguments will happen. You're going to hold on to those moments. Man, God was good up here. Let's, let's hold on. Let's show the gospel off when we pull into the gas station. Not yelling at one another. Ephesians 4 says, Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't get the enemy a, hold in your, a foothold in your life. Romans 12, If possible, as far as it depends on you, not on your son, not on your dad, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Let's show the world His love by the way we love everyone. Why? How? We savor the gospel. We get to show the gospel. And then friends, can we share the gospel? Here's a question. I don't want you to answer it. I just want you to think about it. Young, old, I want all of us to think about this. Those that are Christ followers in this place, do you know how to share your faith? 1 Peter 3 says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do you know how to articulate the hope that you have in the Lord? And I know it's hard and I know it's scary. Me and my boy were just out doing archery today and he's doing awesome. But it's hard. It's hard pulling that thing back every time and, you know, goes flying off into the woods and he gets frustrated. I'm like, come on, man, we could keep doing it. And I do it, right? And it's flying off the thing and I'm like, ah, this is just so hard. And it's like hurting my fingers. And it's just tough to keep pulling that thing back. It's hard. But man, we stuck it out for like an hour and a half there. And it got easier and easier. And it still hurts the fingertips a little bit, but... Our, our arrows weren't going off as much in the woods every now and then because it's hard. But the more we did it, the easier it became friends. 
when's the last time you even took an opportunity to talk about the hope that you have? Kiddos, you guys go to church Wednesdays, Sundays, Thursdays. Some of you go to a Christian school. You hear the gospel all the time. I don't want you to answer this, but I want you to think about this. You hear a lot about the gospel. When's the last time you actually talked to your friends about the gospel? When's the last time you talked to dad or mom or sister or cousin or grandma about the gospel? What about your neighbors or your friends at school? And dads, we're not off the hook. We're called to give a hope, an answer for the hope that we have. Friends, we have hope. We have good news that's worth sharing. When's the last time we've shared it? And here's the great thing is maybe it just takes practice. What if tonight before you go to bed in your wagons of eight people, what if some of you just start talking, hey, can I share about the hope? And you just start to share. Man, remember, we are saved by grace through faith. We were dead in our, in our sin and God made us alive. What if you just keep it simple with God is everything to me and he's so important. What if you just start in your cabins? What if you start on a walk down to the, you know, wherever we're going to the, the, the wreck field tomorrow? Getting in our cars and before we turn on the music or we all get on our devices, we just start to just quickly share the hope. Why do I say that? Because the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And it's just as easy to come out of your mouth the more you do it. Let us share the hope. Friends, as we think about spiritual disciplines and we think about the gospel, what would it look like to savor it? In your own mind, maybe think about a, a practical application. Maybe when you're eating something just awesome that you want to hold on to and enjoy, maybe it makes you think about the love that Lord has for me. I don't know what that is for you to savor it, to show it, to share it. But friends, it is very difficult to savor the gospel, to share the gospel, to show the gospel if you don't believe the gospel. And I have to believe in a group this size that there's a lot of people there, I don't know how many, that maybe we've grown up in the church or you've just kind of come and you got brought into here, but I believe that there are some in here that have to maybe have heard the gospel, the good news, but you don't necessarily believe it. And there is a difference between head knowledge of knowing things and believing and trusting things. And since I'm, on, I'm, I'm up on stage and I've got about a few minutes left, can I have an opportunity to share? Hey, listen, fellas, it starts in, in the book the very beginning here, the first four words of the Bible are some of the most amazing the, the amazing uh, uh, words in the Bible. And it says this, you ready? In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God. There is no question about it that we have a creator. In fact, Romans chapter 1 says, no one has an excuse. His, his, invisible, his invisible attributes, who he is, his power is made known by his creation. And if you take a look around here and you see these trees and you just in a moment we'll see these stars, there's no excuse. How can people doubt? And, and let's talk about this for a second. If we were walking to this forest all of a sudden and see this, we would say, oh, wow, it's amazing how just over a billion years, this whole thing has just kind of come together. How these plastic bars have broken and, and how these wood chops 
stop things got put into place with some glue and uh it's interesting how these ropes tied around and formed this thing we wouldn't say oh it's just by chance and that's awesome what we would say is whoa somebody designed this and someone built this and friends it's the same thing as we stare at these trees and stares at the stars and we say man god you are a creator and you're all powerful and maybe we don't stop and think about it enough, but friends, the first four words of the Bible are so amazing. In the beginning, God, what did he do? He created. And he created this world, but he also created you and me to enjoy him. This God of the universe who is all-powerful, who is from the beginning, he has no end, he has no beginning, he is eternal, he is all-powerful, he is, he is love, he is power. He is hope. And I'll tell you what, in a, in a season like this, we need hope. And he is those things. He's not a little bit those things. He's a little hope. He's a little love. He is those things. It's who he is. And he says uh, in 1 John that God is love and love comes from the Father. If we want love, it only comes from him. We could try to produce love, but he is love. He is hope. He is peace, and if you want that, we need to be with him. But here's the problem. In Romans chapter 3, it says, All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. The first, ver the first few verses, right? The first chapter is all about God creating in the beginning God. And then chapter 2 of Genesis is Adam and Eve. God creating Adam and Eve. And then in verse 3, unfortunately, God, they want, well, God, you are awesome, but we want something more. We want something more than you. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is, I am all that you want and I'm all that you need. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. But we also want something else. And they rebelled. They, get, they went against God and his, you know, and, his, and his laws and their thoughts, their words, their deeds, their attitudes, their actions. They said, God, I know who are, you are who you are, but I don't want that. I want something more. And sin comes into the world. What is sin? Sin is going against God's law in our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our attitudes. And we've all done it. We can't just blame Adam and Eve for it. We all break God's laws every day. God says, love me more than anything else. And we don't. He says, think of me all the time. And we don't. And that's okay because he gives us that out. He says, look, and no one's perfect. No one's holy. And from the beginning of time, we've chosen God. I, I, I want you, but I want something else. And that's our sin nature. And the problem with that is Romans chapter 3 says the wages of sin is death. And the problem with that is the wages of sin is death. And in Romans 6.23, the problem with that is this. If we are all admitting that we have we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then the consequences of that sin is a separation from my life source. If this is God, which is God is amazing. And I wish I could make him bigger than me, but I need that. Um, so God, he is everything. He's good. He's holy. He's everything that I want to be with. And, and, and the problem is, is he gives me this little lifeline that connects me to him. And he's like, enjoy me. And I say, I want something more than you. Sin literally cuts this life source off from our, our life, who he is. Because John uh, 10, 10 says, I, in me is abundant life. And now we're broken from it in our sin. And we can't get back to him. There's this big chasm and I can't jump. I can't go to church. Uh, I, can't, I can't read my Bible enough to get back and restore this relationship. Because the consequences of sin is death. A physical death, which... 
Surprise, we'll all die one day. One in one chance. We know that. But the problem with it too is this death he's also talking about in Romans is a spiritual death. If he is life, if he is hope and peace and everything we want, in my sin has broken that relationship, I am cut off from my life source. I am dead things. I am dead apart from him. It's what we just read in Ephesians chapter 2. We were once dead in our trespasses and sin, dead and broken, alone, and I can't do anything to fix it. I can't do anything to fix it. We need to hear that. You don't please God by your actions. You don't please God by going to church and the, reading our Bibles. We don't earn our favor back with God by doing those things. Nothing can bring us back to Him. Now hang on a minute. I thought this was good news. You're saying God is God and, and I have my sin has broken a relationship with Him. Yes. And there's nothing I can do to get back into good graces with him? Nothing you can do. But God, being rich in mercy and grace. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. That Jesus, that God knows that, that we need to be with him. The first the first two pages, you guys, this is crazy, right? The first two pages of the Bible is God creating and, and God saying, I, you want me, you want to enjoy me. And then we say, nah, we want something else. And then there's brokenness. And the rest of this isn't us pursuing God. It's God pursuing us. Amen. Think about that. God's showing his love for us by going and being not a distant God, but one that enjoys and, and enters into humanity and he leaves heaven and he sends his son to come down to earth, not just to die, but to show us how to actually live in obedience to God. And he's perfect. He's never sinned. He's never gone against God in his words, thoughts, deeds, attitudes. And he goes to the cross because the wages of sin is death. Someone has to pay the price. But if I do it, if I die physically apart from him spiritually i will be that way for eternity so i can't pay the price otherwise i'll be separated forever but god comes down and he lives a perfect life and he dies in my place and he pays the consequence but he doesn't just stay dead being fully God, fully man, he dies. Three days later, he comes to life and he raises from the dead, showing he alone has the power to make dead things live, friends. He doesn't just stay here. He rises up to heaven and sits down at the right hand of the Father and says, it is done. Price paid in full. The consequences of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans chapter 10 says this. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we'll be saved. We confess that he is who he says he is. He says, I am the only way. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't do enough good things in hopes that you get to heaven. Otherwise, why did I die on the cross? I'm it. He says, I am the only way. I'm the only truth. I am the only way to life. I am life, and I'm the only way back to it. That's it. The only way to the Father is through me.
And as we confess that Jesus is Lord, we say you are who you say you are. And we believe he was raised from the dead. We say you are who you are and you did what you did. And I am who I am and I need you. You'll be saved. Friends, that's the good news. And I think I would have to ask you in the, in the room right now, in the space, if you've never put your hope and your trust in, in Jesus for your salvation, for your eternity, here's my question I want you just to ponder. You don't have to say it out loud. What are you waiting for? Is there something stopping you from enjoying life? Not just one day when you will die, but enjoying life now. Because if, if God is who he says he is, and he says, I am life, abundant life. I am hope. I am everything that gives purpose. I am it. And he says, I've now made a way back to you and you to me. Enjoy me. Not just for eternity, enjoy me now. In fact, and it's scary we talk about these words sometimes, this place called hell. And I think sometimes we get a misunderstanding of what it is. And basically it's this God saying, look, I don't want any of you to go to hell. I don't want you being separated me from ever. But here's the thing is you come and you stand before the, the father and you're like, he says, all right, you don't want me or my son in life. You will get your wish granted. I will give you none of me and none of my son in this life and forever. But if we're in this place and we're like, man, I, I want you. And he says, do you want me and my son now in this life? You'll get me forever. So friends, again, I'd ask, as we talk about the good news, as we talk about the gospel, may we savor it because we were once dead in our sin. Nothing we could do about it, but God made us alive because of his love and his mercy, which he has for us. If you've never put your hope and your trust in him, what would be stopping you tonight from doing it? And look, I know there might be some men in the room. You know a lot of these things about God, but you haven't believed in him. You've believed in you. That you can do it. That maybe you can earn it. And he's saying, nope. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. And tonight you need to put your hope and faith in him. And there might be some kiddos out here. You're like, I've never, I've kind of heard this, but I don't know if I've really made that decision to say, I, I need Jesus. What we're doing, is, we say this thing called repenting. And basically what it's doing is it's going one way and turning, literally repenting means turning the opposite direction and going this way. And if you've been living your life for yourself, thinking you could earn your salvation or not even thinking about the Lord, or tonight you hear, well, you know what? I want to live for the Lord. All you're saying is, Lord, I've been going the wrong way. I want to look to you. You confess that he is Lord and you believe in your heart that you died on the cross for your sins. You're admitting I have sins. I've sinned against you and I need you because you've already paid that price. If you've never made a decision for the Lord, can I ask you in just a moment? I'm going to ask you to do a hard thing and say, one, think about it. What would stop you from making a decision? I don't want this being a camp high decision. I don't want this to be, you know, 
some pasta sitting in your tummy thinking, oh, man, maybe I'll stand up. Hang on a minute. I want, uh, I want truth to mess with your mind and your heart. So if you've never put your hope and faith and trust in Jesus, but tonight, for the first time, you say, I need Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand to your feet. doesn't matter who's around. It doesn't matter what you think people might think. You're surrounded by mostly a lot of Christians that would love to pray with you and get fired up for you. And I know as a dad, it'd be scary to ask for help from him if you've never done that. But man, you talk about a legacy to leave to your son. You've never put your hope and your faith in Jesus, but tonight for the first time you say, I need Jesus. I recognize he's the only way, the only truth, the only life. He's the only way back to the Father, and I need him tonight. I'm going to ask you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. So here we go. You've never put your hope and trust in Jesus, but tonight you say, I need him. For the first time, I need to put my hope and my trust in Jesus. On the count of three, here we go. We'll have you stand up to your feet. Ready? One, two, three. Why don't you stand right up? Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing for a second. I can't quite see the lights, but that's all right because I don't necessarily need to see it. But the guys that are sitting next to you do. Here's the thing. You've waited for whatever reason and to, to stand here at camp. There's a lot of men and women that have been praying for you, and a lot of men might be in this room. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to necessarily lead you through a prayer right now because it's not just a magical prayer. It's what we just talked about, savoring the gospel, understanding and recognizing your need for a savior. And we've just told you who that savior is and through Jesus, who died for us and was raised again. So gentlemen that are standing, I would love you just to take a moment to connect with someone maybe you came up here with. Just connect your eyes really quick. Hey, I see you. I see you. And then in a moment, we're going to have the band come back out and we're going to just kind of, we're going to pray. We're going to do some worship. And then Jason's going to come back up here and do one of the most awkward probably transitions. Jake, Jason, you're welcome there for that, right? As we do want to celebrate and have fun. We want to have this night game going on. But there are conversations that still need to be had. And we don't want you to rush to that. He'll explain what that looks like. But if you are standing, I'm so proud of this adventure you're about to take and it's not going to be easy but I'll tell you what when it gets hard he's promised to never leave you or forsake you you don't have to do this thing alone could you fellas I know you guys could get loud could you guys make some noise for those that stood up all right here's what we're going to do those that are standing again make sure if you don't you know, know what that looks like to just stay back and pray and give your life to the Lord. We'll talk about that. Jason's going to come up here in a moment. 
Uh, but those that are standing, thank you for standing. I uh, want you to have a seat. We'll, we'll be here, you know, the next uh, day and a half, too. We can continue to walk through this. But tonight, before you go to bed, before you head out of here, do some business with the Lord. Standing up doesn't save you. But saying, I need Jesus. And friends, as you say, I need Jesus, you confess with your mouth that He is the Lord. You believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead. You will be saved. That's what His Word says. Friends, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, may we savor the gospel. May we show it. And with anyone who comes in contact with friends, may we share it. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this time. And as we have some guys come back up here and as we worship you, may we worship with new hearts and new minds as we savor the fact that we were once broken and apart from you, but you made us alive and that should make us come to life as we sing, as we savor, as we worship you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.